All right, welcome back to the Rebirth of Life and Love, episode nine. Nine. And it's all about communication. Like, we're gonna do some talking today. We really are. We're gonna get to it. But first, we're gonna address where we are. We are at home because life has been life and lately. And we, you know, the cars that we are dealt are the cars that we use. And so we have not been able to get to our space, but we have really wanted to make sure that we're consistent and showing up and giving you all that we have to offer. So giving you Rome, what you need. Call the audible. I know that, you know, you all have been waiting for our relationship advice. And today, like I said, we're going to help you learn how to communicate with your partner or your person. And so we're going to get right to it. I had to call the audible. We're here. We're at home. Mm-hmm. For those of you listening, you don't care. You're just going to keep listening. Yeah. But yeah. for those of you watching, bear with us. It's going to look like this for a few weeks until we get back to our studio. So communication. I just communicated that message. I communicated what we're doing. Yes. Now, today, I know that communication is literally at the forefront of every relationship. And I believe if you do not have that communication, it is hard to not only have, but sustain a relationship. So since it's such a big part of the relationship, how do you navigate through it? Like if you are bad communicators. Ooh, you know, and we come from a place that we always tell you guys we're real. We're not perfect. We have struggled with communication many times in our relationship because we communicate differently. And I think it goes back to the roles of men and women and how they communicate. I am an emotional, like I'm a Gemini, y'all. So I'm emotional, feelings. And I read this article about having to really remove like your thoughts and your feelings versus what you're communicating. So like I can overthink and feel like, man, Rome isn't showing up and saying certain things to me. So Rome didn't say I look beautiful today. And all of a sudden now I'm thinking he doesn't think I look good today. Maybe it's his outfit. And now I'm going to share with you. I feel that you don't think I'm beautiful. And that next, you know, my thought and feelings have override what actually is facts. And Rome is very much fact-based. Like if I didn't say it, <laughs> I didn't mean it. Like it didn't happen. And you're going to go into a point where you are going to think about what happened. Your memory's also just like impeccable. It's bad now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad now. Two, two kids down, memories, memories way worse. But like, let me actually, uh, since you kind of alley-ooped it, let me, let me LeBron that real mm-hmm. quick. So you made a good point. I think there is a lot of differences between men and women and how uh, we collectively communicate. Mm-hmm. And I think you hit it on the head. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't men who communicate with feelings versus facts and not women who communicates with facts versus feelings. But with us, and again, I've said it before, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm a little uh, less emotional than she would like. But at the same time, I'm always like, if I said it, believe it. If Mm -hmm. I don't say it, then there's no reason to to overthink. And maybe, again, from that communication standpoint, I need to go one step further and actually communicate that. Yeah. Now, it is harder because it's not as natural for me because that's not typically what I do. But whenever we get into, I don't want to call it an argument, but whenever we get into a tift, you mentioned I'm more facts-based. I try to take the feelings out of it. And because I try to take the feelings out of it, it does two things. Like it invalidates your feelings Mm -hmm. because in my head, I'm just like, 
well, you're literally speaking just off a of feeling, not off like give me a substantial fact that like that shows that you know what you are saying to be true. Mistake number one again is making. I mean, mistake number one is in, invalidating your feelings by making you do that. Right. It shouldn't have to be facts versus feeling because that feeling is actually a fact to you. Yeah. It's just not to me. Exactly. And so you said, how do you navigate? the the feelings part and the communication you said how do you navigate the communications part when it comes to relationship and i think early on being very clear about like how i communicate and sticking to it i feel like i've been me for a long time and you dang you have right (laughs) but it's been very clear for us it's like okay i've got to work through how you communicate and versus me too and then this idea too of like I was looking through a list of different ways to be effective in communication. And for me, it has definitely been about like finding compromise and understanding how to meet in the middle. Because if we're only communicating in a way to um, one of us to be right or wrong, then it's already done. It's already exactly you, both people lost. Well, and me, you have gone, a, a, we've been communicating certain places where it's like, we're just going in circles and circles and circles. And it's like, at what point do we just stop and say, okay, find that compromise and move on. Cause the key is whatever the solution is. And so there's two ways. So like I'm kind of diving into conflict, but for us, like when you become parents too, the communication has to be so clear. Cause I feel like we have got our signals just mixed up with a scheduling with Cali, with my work. And so I tend to think that maybe I said something to you and that it was very clear and you'll be like, nah, you didn't actually ask me to do that. Or you didn't say that in a way that I felt like you were saying this is confirmation. And so now I'm like, okay, I have to over communicate. That's what we've been doing over communicating. And so making eye contact and saying, Rome, what I'm saying is I will be home later tomorrow. So I will need you to start dinner and then I will do the dishes. And it's like, got you. And I need from you to be like, I heard you, confirmation, and move forward. Yeah. And it, to take you through through my perspective, again, it's not about like whose perspective is right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But that same thing, like a lot of the times, um, one of the things for me in that exact same list is kind of like establishing boundaries for your communication. And I think where we lack a lot of the times is we have so little time to ourselves that truly like when you come home from work, you know, I'm handing over the kids and then I'm just kind of like allowing myself to, to, to check out a little bit, you know, allowing myself to, to think about the things that I enjoy and what I want to think about. And that's also the time when I feel like, like you come home and you have like, you pull out this, like those cartoons (laughs) where, where they like preach in their pocket and they pull out a long list and they got all this stuff they want to go through. And she, she's like, Oh yeah, and, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this, and a lot of time I'm just like, okay, is that a question? Because like a lot of times she'll like ask a question, but not in question form. It won't like, what do you think of this? It'd be like, yeah, and I was thinking about doing this, so and like thinking about doing it. I'm like, so like in in my head, like I'm just listening. Like I'm at this point, I'm like just letting her talk, like yeah. just letting her get this out. And then it comes to a point where she's like, oh, I asked you a question, and I'm like trying to think back, like. And again, that's where like the fact first feeling comes in because I'm just like, no, factually, you didn't word anything like a question. So I wasn't listening for a question. I was just listening to 
everything you said is like a brain dump. Yeah. Well, I think you're good at that because you listen to you. You're an active listener to soak everything in and to retain it. And I listen for a response. Like I'm, I'm in my head thinking about how I'm going to respond to you. And so when I do that, I miss an opportunity to just sit and be and hear you out. I know recently you said you don't always have to have a response to what I'm saying. And for me, I'm thinking I'm, I'm relating to you and I'm supporting you, what you're saying and validating what you're saying by saying, oh, I felt that too. Oh, okay. I've, I've gone through that. Here's an example. Here's, and you're like, no, I'm not looking for advice. I'm just simply sharing what I'm feeling right now. Take it, hear it. And let it be. Like, yeah. So l- let me touch on that because again, you know, I say, say these boundaries and communication. So one of my things is what Felicia has, has communicated with me in the past is she says, you don't listen to my advice or like when I tell you things like you don't listen, you, you, ought, you do whatever you want to do. Now, again, I don't know if that's the male in me. I don't know if that's a Scorpio in me. I don't know if that's you just like the, the independent set. person on me, but typically that's how I operate. Typically whenever I, when I do ask people for their feedback, I actually already know what I'm going to do. I'm only asking to see if their perspective is strong enough to change my mind. Now, I know that sounds really toxic, but again, it's it's things on like, what should I wear? Or, you know, like it's not things that will uh, negatively impact everyone else in the family. But this particular situation um, you know, to let you in to a little bit of like some of the conversations that we've had, it's been a really vulnerable trying time for both of us. I think just with me navigating, being a stay at home dad, Felicia navigating longer hours in the office. And through my perspective, I asked her a question last week. I'm just like, Hey, when can I disengage? Mm. And what it kind of like triggered, it kind of triggered like all these feelings. Cause I constantly reference, you know, our schedule as Felicia's schedule because she's the one with the job right now. Mm -hmm. And all of us operate around her schedule. And so she, it it made it sound like, I don't want to speak for you. You can fill in the gaps, but Mm -hmm. it made it sound like that you thought I was not only pointing the finger at you, but blaming you for the situation. And I was more so like, no, if you work from seven to seven and the kids go to bed at eight, I just want to know, like, at what point can I just like, you know, get my break? Is that at seven? Is that at eight? And you, you've shared that you had more, you know, more to do. And I'm just like, okay, well, it's Friday. Like, can we come up with some kind of compromise where I didn't say compromise. I'm like, can we come up with a solution to where maybe some of this stuff you do later, like after the nurse comes, Mm -hmm. because we had also shared with me because I, you know, I do my creator stuff, but there are still things that I'd like to do as well that I'm kind of putting on the back burner right now for the kids. Um, and I was like, I came down to, I either need to wake up early or stay up later. And with, you have chronic fatigue and chronic illnesses, either is really hard to do because sleep and rest is, is very precious to me. And so I said all that to say, we're having this conversation and these triggers happen and, you know, Felicia was just like, I don't know if like you thought that I said that you need to go and and you know get a job and bring in this income, but she's like, that's that's not the case. Like we agreed on this for your number one role to be with the kids, and I was like, one hundred percent. Yeah. But that also doesn't mean that I can't do what I need, you know, mentally, 
you know, just whatever. We have financial goals, like as everyone does, you know. Yeah. And so two things. Yes. For me in that moment, it was the word disengage. I think as women, when we are the stay-at-home moms, like we're expected to do it all. And there's like no disengagement. Like I, I wanted to say like never, you can never disengage. Like, but <clears throat> what you were asking is when can I have like some me time or some free time? Mm-hmm. And so it's also just thinking about the words. And I, I've had to remember like hearing a word and not letting it trigger to me to a point of like, let me stop for a second and re- really listen to like, what's he actually trying to say rather than what am I reacting to in that word that's triggering me to make me feel a certain way. And so it's also like intention. Is that his intention or is he just trying to say something else? And then when it comes to like our schedule, you guys, we are going through such a a change in our lives, such a change in our lives in in the roles. And I feel like why communication has been really tough for us in this last like month or so is because there wasn't clear expectation or defining our roles. It's almost still not, to be honest. Like we're still working through it today. (laughs) Like literally today. Yeah. So like we didn't, we needed to communicate that. We needed to sit down and say, here's what I expect from you and vice versa. Okay. Now that you, myself, Felicia is going to be the one working the nine to five. Here are the things I need to be able to be successful. Okay. If I'm working, what does that mean for our family dynamic? What does it mean to be a stay at home dad and to number one goal be the kids? And so like you're saying, I didn't realize that you were also thinking you were going to work some work too. So to me, in my head, I'm like, that's me having like four jobs. If I've got to work, come home and then have the kids full time so you can go work. Like, what's the point of me working so hard if that income is not needed? And we're fortunate to be at a point where we have a little bit of time until you really got to generate some income. And see, and that's that's where it's my issue because I shouldn't say issue because issue is the wrong word. That's where I disagree, and that's where like I have to do a better job at communicating reasonings for things because the reason why me and Felicia work so well, as opposite as we are, Felicia's a live in the present, live in the now, and I'm a live in the future. Mm -hmm. So everything I'm trying to do right now is actually for five years from now, right? And everything she's doing right now is for today. And so that's that's how I move. And so that's why I'm trying to plant these seeds now. So if it does, because, I mean, of course, we never know what's going on. There's rumors of a, a whole other shutdown coming yeah. in a few months. And it's like we, we don't know, you know what that looks like and what those social and societal impacts are going to look like on families. But we can't wait for that to happen and then react. I've never... I've never, uh, by choice, been a reactionary person. Yeah. I've always been a proactive person. Very much so. And I feel like that even speaks to like how you communicate because you think about the future and you can read in between the lines a lot. And I'm more of a, I need to hear the exact words. So I don't read between the lines too much. I'm more of like, you told me you were going to do X, Y, and Z or something. Like you told me this. And I, like, if I hear that, I, I kind of hang on to it. Whereas kind of, I do, I do. I hang on to words. <laughs> Whereas you're more of a, future person and proactive and it's like i didn't that need that didn't need to be said it was implied i'm like well you thought it was implied but i didn't hear it so but you said something earlier about establishing boundaries around communication and so i think boundaries also have to do with the time of communication 
So you made a comment of, Let you know, me. I come home and I, I just, I'm just diary of the mouth. Like I, just I didn't say, say bad. I didn't say she boo-booing at her mouth, but still. <laughs> and I've had to learn, when do you receive information at the best time? So communication is not just for me and how clearly I'm telling you something, but it's of how, how well your mindset can be to receive what I'm trying to share with you. What a great point. Let's touch on that. <laughs> so, again, we are we are two different people. Oh, we that. go to bed at two different times. Oh yeah. I'm so a, I like I like I mentioned, sleep is one of my sleep and rest. I, I don't even have to be sleep. Just laying in bed is one of my most valuable kind of remedies for my chronic illness. And I shouldn't even say remedy, but treatments for my chronic illness. Felicia stays up late. Which is, you know, part of the reason why I'm just like, hey, can you do some of your work later when everyone goes to bed? As soon as the nurse gets here, I'm trying to go to bed. I'm not trying to watch no shows. I'm like, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to have a conversation. I'm trying to go to bed and disconnect because I got to do the whole thing, you know, over again. And again, this is not me complaining. This is just me sharing the F A C T S facts. Now, Felicia will be like. Hey, can I share this with you at like 9:45 and there's subtle sign like y'all know how you just be like walking down the street or maybe you've never accomplished or I mean uh, had this happen to you. You're just walking somewhere and you're clearly giving off vibes of like don't talk to me. You have your AirPods in or your headphones in. You're looking down at your phone. You're not making eye contact. You're giving all of the signs of don't engage me, don't talk to me. And then somebody says something to you and you have to be like, "Huh?" You have to pull your headphone out, huh? Rome be having his mask on, head of the pillow. Uh, his screen is on the what? Well, my screen is always on the nighttime. Nighttime. Y'all should do that. And it just, I just, I'm a night owl, and like a, something hits me, like a topic or something I want to share, and I just have to get it out. And so I like to have these deep conversations sometimes while our heads are on the pillow in the bed. It's not our heads on the pillow. It's mine. You're up. And Rome is like, no. She'll be up on her computer or something like, oh, can I tell you about this? And I'm over here like, every time she says, can I tell you about this? In my head, I'm like, she. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. And the timer starts. It's like, how long is this going to take? She'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> five minutes. Five minutes always turns to like 20 or 25. <laughs> and I'm like, sis. And of course, and I, I trust me, I get it because I get from the standpoint of if she don't have it now, she's going to forget. And also she doesn't have it now. Like it's going to carry on to tomorrow and it might be important. And so I often like, you know, listen with one ear, mm -hmm. but like that was always my boundary. And that's why, you know, if y'all are big fans of the Rebirth of Life and Love podcast and you heard in the early episodes where I said, sis, we're mad at each other. I'm going to bed. Like that's a protected time. We're not we're not exceeding. Yeah. this time but um well, I, well go ahead you have more i just wanted to make one more point about the the boundaries and kind yeah. of what we said and and what i mentioned you know before um about when i'm sharing something and sometimes i don't i'm sometimes i'm just sharing something just to share and like i don't necessarily need like advice but because we are you know who we are i think felicia feels like Okay, um, like she's mentioned, I'm listening to react, and then she'll react to something, and then like I either you know won't say anything or like 
kind of like blow it off or it completely do the opposite of what she just told me to do. And then it will come back to, you know, hey, you never do anything that I suggest. And so I shared with her and it was like the first time of coming out, you know, in sharing this, I'm just like, you know, have you ever thought that like sometimes when you like tell me things, especially like knowing me or like, have you ever thought that maybe I actually wasn't looking for your advice mm -hmm. and I was just telling you and it kind of like hit her like a brick. Like she said, huh? <laughs> like she was like, wait, she's like, what do you mean by that? It was like, was, it was almost like a, you, you could see some of your work in it. Cause it was almost like you getting offended. Like I was like telling you, like, don't ever tell me anything. I'm never listening to you. No. Cause like you had a moment of like, like you were about to like turn up and then you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, for me, it was just like, I, I, like you said, like I take so much of my work maybe into how I communicate with us because I do fundraising work, y'all. So I have to actively listen, but I'm also trying to, it's communication. It's a conversation. And so to me, a conversation, I'm always having to respond and then hear what they say, find something to relate it to myself so we can build like a stronger relationship. Whereas we've already got that foundation. And so it did throw me off of you were just sharing whatever that topic was for me to hear. And I didn't need to respond. A great response could be just yes. And I think the when you flip it. Oh, cool. I'm look, I, I'll stop and you're like, oh, wait, you wanted me to say something? Or I'm looking <laughs> for your insight on something. And so it's another, like we've talked about this before, is like remembering like our love language, our communication language. And so how I would like you to respond is that how you would like me to respond. And so we had to clearly establish, okay, how do we effectively communicate and how in a conversation, well, for me, it's productive if you just listen, if you just actively listen. And for me, it's been productive if that you said like the avoid criticism. So I'm thinking of like finding time to communicate. And so knowing when your partner is best likely to receive it. And so what I've been doing lately is like, I'll call you on the way home from work. And because you tend because so now it doesn't seem like when I get home, it's like, hey, and then all <laughs> She so did that too. And she was like, home, can I tell you this now? Because when I get home, I know you're not going to want to hear it. Yeah. And so you're like, yes. I was like, okay, yeah. And so then it's also getting buy-in. I, I, I asked you. And so you were like, that works for me. Great. So I shared what I needed to share in a 30-minute drive home. When I got home, we got a chance to just like myself have a break, me take Roman from you. And then you got to have some free time. And so I was like, okay, this dynamic works better. And you really heard what I had to say rather than if I get home and just throw seven things at you, nothing's really sinking in. So it's like finding the best time to talk is key. And then also, like you said, um, avoiding criticism, establishing those boundaries within talking. And for me, it's like actively listening and knowing that maybe what I'm feeling is not the intention you had to make me feel that way and, and breaking that apart, like not putting my feelings on you of saying you, you did this to make me feel a certain way. It's more of what you said made me feel this way. And I don't think you intended it, but this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. And that's, what's hard for me too, because like it's whenever she shares that with me, it's like, and this goes with the avoiding criticism thing because like my critical brain and probably like my male brain right away is just like, like I didn't tell you this. Like you're manufacturing this, mm -hmm. this thought, this meaning, this feeling. And I'm just like, it, and it's a trigger for me because I'm just like, 
you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I didn't say this, but this is how you took it. And now I'm bothered because now, you know, you're bothered. And even if I clean it up and say, no, that's not what I meant, yeah. it still doesn't set in. Like, it's still not really grasping. Like, you're still taking it personally. And I don't know, like, to tell you all how we get through that, I'm stumped. Like, I'm sure we can figure it out. But that's just, I feel like, goes back to what we've, you know, again, previously said with some of the self-work. Because those same triggers, if 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 when Felicia is asking something, it sounds like a demand, that's a trigger for me. Yeah. Like, if she's just like, instead of like, can you do this? Or it's like... Ooh. It's like you need to do this. It's like no, 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 no. Don't tell me what I need to do. I used to say you need to work on this, and that was a trigger. And so instead of saying that, I had to find different words to use. And so it could also be the words you're using can be a trigger for your partner, and could be allowing them to then move into conflict. Because that's what we're gonna talk about next is like the conflict aspect of it. Because I feel like if if you don't have a clear understanding of your communication, then when you get into an argument then it really just blows up because you're just shouting words. And for us, we've had to be real clear on the tone. Like when we're arguing about something, let's calm that tone down. I used to take offense to like cussing when we're arguing and it felt like I'm being attacked. And then also like letting the other person speak because you can get into a point where I'm, one of us is just talking, talking, talking. It's like, I have a response. Can I get my word in? It's like, okay, I said what I had to say. Now I need to allow you a chance to speak without interrupting you. And that's some key parts for us at getting through conflict, but also understanding that we're dedicated to each other. Like we are always trying to find a solution. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want to solve the issue rather than going around in circles and, and pointing the finger and blame. And so we always know like we might be upset in that moment, but we're going to get through this. Like, we don't really hold grudges like that of, I'm going to take this into a week, two weeks later. It's like, what's said has been said. And then I'm going to say a joke like 10 minutes oh, later. Oh, we're almost and she's just going to. Yes. And I think that's what breaks the ice for us of like, okay, let's move on. Because once Rome says a joke, it's like, okay. But I want you to talk about like the conflict aspect. Because I think what you've been working on really well lately is like not needing to be right. Yeah. And again, in a quote unquote argument, and we'll we'll pin this. I'll go back and find this video um, and pin it for you, um, or add it to the uh, the video. And the reason why I don't feel like being right is a thing anymore is uh, a creator. We were at the same agency uh, previously. He basically made this video talking about if you both are in the argument to win, then you both already lost. And that hit home so much because I feel like. A lot of people, when we get into arguments, we are just like, no, I'm going to tell you my point. Mm -hmm. I'm going to validate my point. And my point is the only thing that matters when really like the argument is to hear the other side mm -hmm. and to come up with a solution. And so to take it all the way back to the beginning of this, we talked about feelings-based versus fact-based. How do we take your feelings and my fact outlook mm -hmm. and find that compromise? And if we don't, it's just going to be like a heavyweight fight because, again, I'm calm and I'm mild-mannered, but when I get pissed off, I'm charged up. Charged. And, and that's what happened. And and you it said, was, I'm just passionate. And I'm it was like, hard. nah, you charged. Nah. He's like, oh, See, I'm no, no, it's different. It's different topic. because like Felicia will think my 
four out of 10 is a 10 out of 10 because Felicia's never seen me actually like through the roof pissed off. But like, she'll be like, oh my God, like, why are you so mad? And I'm just like, I'm not even mad. I'm just talking passionately. And like she said, with the cussing thing, like, that's just how I talk. Mm -hmm. Like that has nothing to do with it. But but it's funny because Felicia will like forget all of that stuff. Like forget all of those things about me, like in an argument, and they just automatically start taking. It's almost like she cuss word, yelling, all this. Attach it to me. Attack. 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 And it's just like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's not even that serious. And which again, like, when you come, like a fight, you or not a fight, because I guess the fight it doesn't matter. But like when you come to a situation where it's like maybe it's like baseball, you have your three swings. I have my three swings. We're done. Mm -hmm. You 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 went over three, and I hit a grand slam. We're done. Like yeah. that's it. But I also feel like we've learned that like our upbringing has shaped so much of how we communicate and how we deal with conflict. And in my household, like there would be moments where uh, an issue would just be blown up, and it'd be so small, and it would be turned into something so big. So for me, I have internalized that. And now I'm very, I'm not quick to, to blow up. Like I probably sit with things a little bit too long before I react. And that has like made me realize, okay, like what did I see as a child growing up that's made me bring that into our relationship or made me think a little bit differently. So like the, the emotion side, like I just take things personal when there's no need to and so and i get defensive nasty a nasty amount of defensiveness that i've been trying for years and years and years and years and years to break and it just seems to keep creeping up and the difference that i think and this is going to piss some people off but it is what it is the difference i think with me and how i was raised is that i can take responsibility for my actions in a lot of things and use it to move forward and I know there's a lot of people who can't. So, I mean, that is that is what it is. But at the same time, at, at the same time, hey, I mean, this is this is how you have to learn how to resolve conflict and yeah. communicate better and work on your relationship. Like I've done that self work. You have. I, I had to look deep. I had to have conversations. And when those conversations weren't productive, then I had to relook at myself and be like, okay, what can I change? today or tomorrow or going forward and implement the change and of course like it's something that's new so i'm gonna have my stumbling blocks mm -hmm. and you have to give your partner or your person grace for that but if they're doing the self-work to make things better work with them that's that part right there is you want to work to get better because you care about the relationship you care about how the other person feels uh as we talk about relationship and conflict and communication you know we got to throw in some current topics so Love is blind. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Spoil alert, okay. alert. It's trash. Sorry, I didn't say Okay, that. yeah, this season, I will say this season is is bad. To me, it is compared to others. Like, <laughs> I've already gone through the first six, seven episodes. So you only have two couples left. And what is some is conflict that happened on Love well, is Blind? Well, the Love is Blind is all about this idea of the question. I mean, is love blind? Can you be connected to someone? by not actually seeing them. So they are talking through a wall on each side of the pod. And there's like, I think 15 women, 15 men. And you don't and see course, each other before then. You literally don't see each other till later. Yeah. Yeah. And over the course of a week, they're going on all these different dates. And as they build a, they build a relationship with someone, then they end up being like, that's my person. 
let me dive a little bit deeper into them. But the whole concept is all about communication because you are sharing how you feel, who you are. You're expressing some of the, like, these emotional things about yourself. Some traumas. Yeah. And so you're connecting just by talking to that person. And so there's an individual, it's like Uche and Leah, this couple where they felt like they had conflict within their communication, but Aaliyah was vulnerable. And she just said, I'm going to share with you that I have cheated on a partner before. And that, you know, it actually happened within the last two years. And Uche's response was, it was volatile. It was like, it was judgment. He was asking questions. Oh, you're a recent cheater, huh? And making her feel really bad. And for me, I thought she just was so vulnerable with you. And your response was to throw that back in her face and how, how the things reverse and turn because later on in the season, you come to find out that Uche was holding a really big secret from her. And he didn't share with her that he actually dated someone that was on the show in the pods and met on the first day. And this woman, uh, Lydia, had befriended Aaliyah. And so it was just real nasty and just a lack of communication but also sometimes too much communication. So I want to gonna say, you, I don't know if that was a lack of communication. It was too much it was, for him it, to receive. But so, like, so how do you deal with that? When So you on the male side, you are asking for my truth. And so I'm being vulnerable with you. Do you give me, do you side with me because I, I didn't have to share that with you and I was honest with you. So now <laughs> our let's build on honesty. Or is it triggered for you because I've cheated in the past and for you, that's a deal breaker. Okay, so I'm a. There's a lot boiling going in my head, and I'm gonna try to hit all of these points. Okay. So the first one, um, it was brought to my attention again. Like I seen this scene, I stopped watching after this scene. Yeah. So like I don't know a lot of what happens outside of what Felicia told me, but I had a conversation with my cousin about this yesterday. Okay. And the thought was that when Uche, when the news was delivered to Uche, and he was very kind of like distant standoffish about it and putting ourselves kind of like in his position mm -hmm. um it takes i'm a it takes me a minute to process okay. and a lot of times when people this is exactly why i tell people i don't like surprises because i think i would do exactly what uche did uh -huh. i would probably and again i don't remember all of what he said to her i do remember him questioning her but like, like interrogate her. What, what, like what happened? Did you tell him? Yeah. Which again, cheat? which again, those are, those are important. Those are valid and important questions. For me as a woman, it was the tone. It was how defensive he was. But see, that's my, was that's like, my point though. Like you as a woman, you, you as a woman are understanding the feelings based, the, the feelings based kind of method. Mm -hmm. And Uche was just speaking from facts. Uche said, like you mentioned, how long ago was it? Two years. Okay, that's kind of recent. Did you tell him? No. Why didn't you tell him? Like, that's kind of a big deal. Like, yeah. if you're trying to, um, you know, the show is for them to get married and spend the rest of your, their lives with each other. But, like, that's a big deal to, like, know all of those backstories. But I'm going to be very, very clear with you. Um, I don't want to attack my fellow males, but there's a lot of males and a lot of men that are too insecure to hear these truths. Mm. And so, a weird, not the elephant in the room, because that's a weird word for this, but like the whole thing that a lot of people have been talking about with Brittany, Brittany Renner is body count. There's a lot of males 
um, there's a lot of toxic masculinity that suggests a woman can't have more than, you know, four sexual partners or whatever. Otherwise, you know, they're, uh, or whatever they say, like, that's not my words. That's, you can go on the Twitter timeline and you see all of it. Mm -hmm. But the whole thing is they're literally like a double standard in terms of men can be with however many women they want, but women can't do the same thing. And so a lot of men actually don't want to know or can't hear or can't process those questions. Uche Mm -hmm. asks, because Uche is like, I need to know what I'm getting myself into. I personally would ask. I can handle that stuff because all I know is the past is the past. But obviously, like, if it's still a present thing, then that's something that I have to decide if I'm going to deal with or not. And so the fact that Aaliyah, you know, was sensitive about it Mm -hmm. and, you know, ended up leaving, you have to give her grace, too, Mm -hmm. because that was obviously a traumatic um, thing for her and his line of questioning, regardless of sensitive or not, his line of questioning triggered her, triggered her response. She probably felt like she was, you know, like scum of the earth just based off how yes. she was crying. Well, she felt he was judging her. But why she left was because then Uche came around to say that I dated someone in the past that's on the show. And when she found that it was Lydia, someone that she was really good friends with in the pod, that was a lot for her to take in. And for me, I felt like the audacity for you to judge this woman for her sharing her truth when you had your own secret and your own truth to share that you didn't share in that moment. And now you've got to let her have whatever response she needs to have because you weren't understanding. Yeah, he came the next day. And I think there's a way that he could have received what she was saying and be like, hey, this is a lot for me. This is shocking me without attacking and making her feel that way. Because when it was his turn, she was just, I need a moment. And she stepped out. She cried. She came back in. And she was like, she had her own follow-up questions. Like the communication. I'm I'm an ask questions kind of girl. And I think there's a way you can do it with being respectful of who you're talking to. I Yeah. And again, this is like, it's hard for me because I have to, I honestly wish I watched this like 10 minutes ago. Like I just paused it and watched here, it again. Yeah. But like, how do we know that he was judgmental? Like, was that, I know that you and a lot of other people in Aaliyah are deciphering that, but. She felt judged. She felt judged. But and again, he said, like he can't control how someone, if I'm asking you questions and you feel judged, like you feel judged, like I can't control the fact that you feel judged and my intention wasn't to make you feel mm-hmm. judged. Just like we spoke about earlier, my yeah. attention wasn't to hurt your feelings. You took what I said and applied it to your feelings and then your feelings were hurt. And so it's like, you can't really win from that regard. And so my whole thing is like, the only way to get around that is to give everybody grace. Like if you're going to hit me with some heavy stuff like that, give me a moment to process it. And Uche could have probably said that. And he was processing. And from what I remember, he was processing in real time. He was like shell shocked. Yeah. Like, and they, he ended up saying apologizing. And I think that's also too, like in conflict is how you apologize. Like he didn't say, I'm sorry if that made you feel like I was judging you because the if part, it's like, no, I've already made it clear that that's what happened. So he was like, I'm sorry for making you feel like I was judging you. That wasn't the case. And they moved on. I think they were very clear to say like, do you think that we're not going to have conflict like this moving forward? Like, and she was like, no, I, I think we will. 
And so the fact that we've had it early and we can get through it is a great sign. Like this is going to happen again. And I like that part of the episode of them acknowledging that conflict is a part of a healthy relationship. It is. And so when conflict happens, some people run because it's like, oh, things aren't perfect anymore. A lot of people run. A lot of people, they either run or they shut down. Exactly. Both men and women. We both, we all do. And so the fact that me and you, I'm like, conflict's going to happen. We're not the same person. I picked to have a Scorpio as a husband. And so we're not going to see eye to eye on a lot of things, but can we get through it? And so knowing early on that we can find a way to move forward and neither one of us is going to throw it back in his face. It's like, okay, we can overcome conflict and that it's healthy. It's healthy to d- disagree and it's healthy to hear the person, other person's perspective. So they had that moment. But one episode that you did not watch is later on when they decide and select who they want to be with um, JP and oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank on her name, but what they were in the pods, they were emotionally connected. There was a lot of communication. And then once they got out of the pods, he was like mute. One word answers. He wasn't opening up. And you could tell that by having that wall up, it allowed him to be super vulnerable. But when it was in person, like he just couldn't translate that anymore. That's a but, lot of people. I feel like but when you're behind closed doors, you can cake with somebody, but then when they're right in front of you, you can't say nothing. Yeah. Well, what he ended up saying was that she looked different. So the love is blind part. She was all dressed up and dolled up with makeup on the first reveal that he couldn't shake that, which I think is bull. Like bull junk. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is more to do with him and just he didn't know how to still be vulnerable face to face. It was too difficult for him. I mean, it could have been both. Like you have this idea of somebody and that person is not who you thought. And you're just like, oh. And again, like we talked about the word deal breaker. Maybe, I mean, again, I I don't know. I don't know if she was as attractive as how she was inside to him. Mm -hmm. But like him Mm -hmm. seeing her and it's just like, I mean, let's be real. We're all like that. Like everybody's like that. Everybody's like cares about appearance as much as they say they do not. You will, of course, take a nice guy who's a four, you know, over the 10 who's a whole. But like at the same time, you can't be like, looks don't matter. It's all about heart because there is a time where they matter. It is a time where it's like, okay, like my attraction for you is gone. And if my attraction for you is gone, Every little thing that like happens, any little blip in that emotional connection Mm -hmm. is going to be intensified and amplified. And again, I'm actually curious, am I wrong? What do you think in the comments? Do you think that people truly care about looks? Yes or no? I think if if it's like a pie chart and the things that I find attractive about you are deeper than just looks. Like, Looks is like 25%. Damn, she just said I was ugly. That's crazy. It's 100% like what I find attractive about you. I think immediately people think, oh, attractiveness means looks. Where attractiveness to me is like how good of a dad you are. um, How you show up for me. How, you know, you are a big advocate for me, myself, and like what I'm doing. Like you don't feel competition in the sense of I'm I'm, I'm thriving and I, I wanted to do public speaking and and I started a business. You've always been, I don't want to say a cheerleader, but you've always been there for me, supporting me. I've been the one being like, get your LLC. Yes, yeah. Get your tax account. Me. Like, I'm the one behind the scenes. The photographer, the, like, the social media. And that, all of those combined 
make me attracted to you. Dang. You know, but it, I wouldn't say that attractiveness is just set on looks for me. Damn, that's crazy. I think it's so. Deeper. I guess if I shave this beard off, then you won't have a problem. Then oh, I won't have a problem. Yeah, I'll see. <laughs> like you gotta keep the beard. It's a fraction. It's a it's a part of what I find attractive about you, but it's not all. I get you. Yeah. Okay. You over here making jokes? No, it's it's but... it's funny because it's like though the pie chart, and you didn't say anything about like me. You said everything about what I do. Well, that's who you are, though. Like you're loyal. You're supportive. Still what I do. Okay, then what, Still what okay, I do. Okay, well, give me an example then of, of you. I'm just saying, like, you didn't. Uh, okay, I guess, like, physically, you didn't say anything about me physically. It's oh, more no. of what I do. No, well, I said it, the physical aspect is a portion of it. So, physically, you chocolate. I like the bald head. I like the beard. I love your smile. Dang, I'm not even that dark. I love that you thick. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You want me to list them off? Okay, now my turn. What do you oh, no. find attractive about yeah. me? Okay. Um, I see that's weird if I'm just like, I like your body. Like I can't say stuff like that. Just not say in this how you feel. Yes, not you in can. this climate. It's me and you. I'm married to you. Let's go ahead. Okay. I like your body. Okay. I like your confidence. Educated. Um chocolate. Uh when you're not wearing your head wrap. Oh no. <laughs> When not, I should say your humor. That, sometimes that, I like your humor. Sometimes I don't. Be, I love that. Thank you, because we don't always tell each other what we love about each other. No, and you, so I encourage you all out there, partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever it might be, parents. I don't care. Tell them what you love about them, um, and then kind of dig deeper behind like this love line and how you communicate with them, how you show up. Because I definitely want you guys to feel like you left today. With understanding how we communicate and how it can help you, yes, be active listener to avoid criticism, to create boundaries, establish some boundaries. I tell you, I promise you, establish some boundaries. Yes, but we're gonna be back. Episode ten, we're gonna dive into like more of a personal story and talk a little bit about like being a medical parent, PTSD that we have from being a medical parent, and share a really tough, uh, sto- recent story from Callie in a hospital visit that we had to go to that's really shifted us this last week. So we'll be back with that in episode 10. But until then, subscribe to our podcast on YouTube, y'all. Follow, 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 yes. follow, follow. Our, right down here, our IG handles as well. And in the comments, answer our questions and let us know what else you want us to talk about. I got one more thing to add. I know we said the, the other thing I like about you too is it like you are confident enough to be okay with me having women friends, going to hang out with my women friends, knowing that they text me and need my attention and time. Yeah. Like you're secure enough and not really a lot secure. of people can do that and not a lot of people can handle that. And I just want to say you're the face of our franchise and that's what we are trying to set up. We're trying to set up this vehicle for you to continue to be honest. And I take a step back and I can be Dame whenever I need to be Dame, but but you you be the you be the freak the greek freak <laughs> okay well i mean that's a whole other topic but i feel like i've been able to be secure cuz you haven't given me a reason not to be so that goes into like who goes you goes into are, my pie chart your, your loyalty and your your honesty and your trust so there you go y'all all, all right, right we'll be back bye